Hey guys, welcome back to Actually Adultish. My name is Christina Rice and I'm your host. I am a holistic health coach in Los Angeles. I am the creator of the blog addictedtolovely.com and I am the co-host of another podcast called Straight Up Paleo. Thanks so much for popping in again this week. I have another great guest lined up, but first I want to remind you, please join the Facebook group, Actually Adultish Podcast Nation, if you want to connect with other like-minded individuals and talk all random things all the time. Join in. I would love to have you. And if you want to support the show, it would mean a lot to me if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes. That really, really helps get the word out about it and tell other people about the show too. That is, at the end of the day, how it's going to grow when we build this community. If you really enjoy a certain episode and you think your friend would like it too, tell them. Tell them to give it a listen. Everybody needs more podcasts in their life, I think. So that's very important. Also, I'm going to do another solo Q&A episode soon and I would love to get your questions. So if you want to submit a question, you can do that a few ways. First, you can email actuallyadultish at gmail.com and submit it through email or you can submit it on our website actuallyadultish.com and you can be anonymous if you want or not. doesn't matter. So you can ask anything you want. It can be about you and your own life and a struggle. It could be about me. If you're curious about something I think or I do, it can be about wellness or health, nutrition, fitness, relationships, lifestyle, TV, The Bachelor, because that's happening again. I have so many things to say about that. So yeah, send in your questions. I would really, really appreciate it. And I cannot wait for another solo app. That'll be fun. And if you're listening to this, the week it comes out, the Good Fest is happening in Los Angeles this weekend, which will be very exciting. A lot of fun people are coming in from out of town. So I can't wait to see how crowded Erewhon gets in Los Angeles. Just saying. But if you are going to the Good Fest, I would really, really love to meet you. So please come up to me and say hello and tell me your name. And I just really want to meet listeners so it's a great time to connect with like-minded people and I'm super super excited and if you are curious about the good fest a lot of the speakers have actually been on this podcast before so you could listen to those episodes the founders of the festival have been on this podcast before one of the founders Kate Van Horn one of my dear dear friends has been on the podcast multiple times I think four maybe three, four, or five, something in there. Love her. So check out those past episodes if you want to learn more about them. You know, Sahara Rose is speaking. I've had her on the podcast. Jordan Younger is doing yoga. Lauren and Michael Bostic have been on this podcast and they are speaking as well. So many people, incredible people. So it will be a lot of fun. And if you're going, I cannot wait to meet you. Another reminder If you're interested in switching over to the non-toxic lifestyle, you know I'm very passionate about this. If you're looking to switch over your personal care products and you want to try out some beauty counter products and you don't know where to start, email me. 
at addictedtolovely at gmail.com and tell me what you're looking to replace. Maybe tell me your skin type or, you know, what you're interested in. I'm happy to give recommendations. We need to remember that what we put on our bodies goes into our bodies. It affects our hormones. It affects our gut health. It affects our overall health in general. We want to make sure we are eliminating toxins in our environment to avoid long-term chronic health issues that can pop up. So if you've never even heard of Beauty Counter, you should definitely check it out. Head to beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice and look around, see what you're interested in. You know, everybody needs shampoo and conditioner and body wash. So I think that's such an easy swap if you're looking to switch over to non-toxic products. And I love me some Beauty Counter Citrus Mimosa body wash and that shampoo and conditioner. We have four different lines and they are all incredible. So those are a good place to start. Also have incredible makeup and skincare. So definitely check that all out at beautycounter.com slash Christina Rice. And if you're interested in starting up with your essential oils, I use these for everything. I am a doTERRA wellness advocate. I'm so proud of that company and I think that essential oils are so valuable. I use them topically. I diffuse them. I use them for cleaning. I make my own household cleaning items, but I also use doTERRA's products to clean. So their laundry detergent, their surface cleaner, their dishwashing soap, all of the things. And I use the oils to be my natural medicine cabinet. So when I feel like I'm getting sick, I mix in some On Guard and some oregano oil and a little veggie cap. I make my own capsule. If I am feeling like I need something to calm me down, I use my lavender essential oil. My serenity oil helps me sleep. If I have a headache, my peppermint essential oil gets rid of that headache. So, so many different uses. If you want to get started, check out my starter guide on my blog. You can go to bit.ly slash essential oils start guide or just head to my blog and click up at the top doTERRA essential oils and it will roll down there and you can find it there. So, that is where you can get started with those. And don't forget, I know that the month is ending and many of you have done a whole 30 this month. Congratulations. Awesome. If you are interested in keeping sugar out of your diet for a bit longer, if you felt a lot better without it, then my ebook, hashtag no sugar, no problems, is the perfect solution for you. So I have 30 recipes that contain no sweeteners. So no sugar, no sugar substitutes. So no sugar, no xylitol, no stevia, no erythritol, no maple syrup, no honey, no dates, no bananas. They're all paleo. Most of them are vegan or have a vegan option. About half of them are no bake, maybe more. I have everything from cookies to ice cream to milkshakes to cake to cupcakes, brownies, all of the things. And it's a great way to still have a sweet treat, but without the sugar. So if you are following a low carbohydrate diet, if you're sugar free for any reason, if you have candida, if you are following the ketogenic diet, if you are diabetic, 
if you are low FODMAP, if you're just limiting sugar for whatever reason, this is an awesome, awesome resource for you. You can head to bit.ly slash no sugar, no problems, and use the code actuallyadultish to get 20% off. Yes, 20% off just for you. So I'm very proud of that ebook and I think that you'll love it. And so many of you make the recipes and send me pictures and it makes me so happy. So if you do make the recipes, definitely send me pics. And I will be a happy lady because I love seeing when you guys try out my recipes and I love it even more when you enjoy them. Now that we've got the updates out of the way, I want to talk about my guest. Today, I am chatting with Amy Baglin, and she's the founder and CEO of Meet Mindful. If you haven't heard of Meet Mindful, it's a dating app, and it was created to help people make mindful and meaningful connections. So this is perfect for people who are single and are looking to find other people who are interested in mindful living, health and wellness, sustainability, meditation, spirituality, and personal growth. So really trying to narrow down who you're looking for. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this podcast might be in that space. And we've talked about different dating apps before on this podcast. And I hadn't heard of Meet Mindful until relatively recently. And I just really wanted to chat with Amy and get to know her and sort of how she came up with this and why she did it and how she makes it work. And I just think it's so interesting. So, you know, I just think dating apps are so interesting. And this one seems pretty cool. I always think if I joined a dating app, I just don't think that the people on there would be people who were my tribe, you know, but this makes it easier to find people who are into the same things as you. So really interesting to learn from Amy and get to chat with her. I think you guys are really going to like this. And without further ado, let's go ahead and hop into the conversation with Amy Baglin. Hello, Amy. How are you? I'm so good, Christina. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, I would love it if you could give a quick introduction for yourself for people who might not be familiar with you. Yeah. So I'm the co-founder and CEO of a dating app called Meet Mindful. And we are both a web app and a Android and, and um, iOS app available for people who are looking for like-minded connections. Um, we service people into personal growth and development, health and wellness, spirituality, mindfulness, things like that. Um, and we're a national platform, and we have people joining, thousands of people joining every day. Um, and we really set out to create a more authentic, meaningful experience for people. Yeah, I love that. So what makes Meet Mindful different than a lot of the other apps out there right now? Yeah, there's a there's a few things that set us apart. And first and foremost, it's just the the group of people who are in the network. Our members are just such high quality above and beyond what you generally find on a mainstream dating app. You know, these are people who came here uh particularly to find someone who has shared values of personal growth and development and wellness and mind body spirit practices. And so it's, it's a kind of like a shortcut or a hack 
to um, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And what one of the byproducts of that is that we hear from our members consistently that they have a more authentic, deeper experience on Meet Mindful. They There's not a lot of, you know, um, disrespectful kind of um, hookup-related type conversations and, and, and messages, which is really, especially for women, feels super unsafe. Um, there's just a, a higher degree of respect and, um, and, and deeper sense of connection, uh, that people get when they're surrounded by this group of people that are on Meet Mindful. So that's definitely the first and, and the biggest reason, um, that we exist and, and why people come to us and what sets us apart. Um, also we, you know, this is a day and age where dating apps have a, a, a small area of, t- of text for you to write in about yourself. And there's not a lot to, to really prompt you to create a deeper, bigger profile. And when I say bigger, I just mean like a, a fuller profile that really shows off who you are and what's important to you. And so when we put Me Mindful together, we really wanted to give people a chance to fully express themselves um, share what's important to them, uh, share what's new and good in their lives, share what they're passionate about, what their practices are, um, and even what imperfections they they have that they might be working to embrace. And that's one of my favorite questions. It tells a lot about a person, and you really get to learn um, more about someone you're considering reaching out to before you make that first contact. And I think that's so important because, you know, th- this is a day and age where people are just – getting swipe happy and, you know, yeah. doing it all based on looks. Right. And I, I, I could be the first person to admit chemistry is so important. Right. Um, and I would never discount that, but there's so much more to just what, you know, how somebody looks in a photo. And we really want to be able to showcase that with, with fuller, more targeted profiles. Um, so that's another piece that people really love. And the third thing is, you know, we're, this meet mindful is building something that is one day going to be going far and beyond dating. And, um, we're already seeing that happening in our, in our network and, um, our members are asking for us to do more for them. So we hear people asking for and using the app for finding new friends in their area. Um, people saying, I just moved here, you know, can I use meet mindful to find some people to go to yoga with or, um, you know, just things that are, that aren't strictly dating related. So that's something that we're really excited about exploring and expanding into in 2018. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would love to get into all of those things. Let's go back to the first point you made. So my, I'm wondering, is there a general age range that the app tends to like work best for? You know, it's it's really all about who we attract, and um, the the group of people we attract most of is generally in their 30s and 40s, um, and I believe a big reason that is is because a lot of people in their 20s haven't turned to um, or gotten really interested in this you know kind of mindful lifestyle yet, mm-hmm. um, and you know for those who do start kind of early, that's awesome. More power to you. Um, this didn't come into my life until my mid twenties at least. And, um, that was just when I was dabbling. So, uh, yeah, yeah, for that reason, we tend to attract people in their thirties and forties more. 
Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, I see a lot of people my age, I'm my early 20s, and they're on dating apps and they complain that they can't meet anybody who's a high-quality person on these dating apps, but it's what you were mentioning before. It's just the swiping. It's just on looks, and it really is just a hookup culture for a lot of people. And then mm-hmm. I think that as people get older, then they sort of feel like, okay, now I'm ready to be more serious about it. But I'm curious, how do you ensure that your members are people who aren't just looking for hookups? Yeah, that's a great question. And to your point, I just want to mention this before I forget that, you know, I think as we get older, one of the things that we recognize that really helps us in the dating process and anything in life, but especially in choosing a partner is we get more clear about what we want we get more clear about what we're up for and we get more clear about what's important to us. And the, the more clarity that we can have around what we're looking for, the, the higher likelihood that we have to find it. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to put no, that I out there. That. So to answer, yeah. Yeah. To answer your question, how do, how do we know that people aren't joining just for a hookup? Is that what you're, yeah. you asked? Yeah. Um, well, first I just want to say like, this is a space of non-judgment. We really do try to practice, um, non-judgment. And as long as people are acting with, with clear intentions and acting in integrity, then it's not our place to make a judgment on if that's right or wrong. Right. We, we'd like to operate from the space of as long as it's, it's, if it is an integrity, there is no good, bad, right or wrong. And so one of the ways that that shows up is, you know, for somebody who, let's say I was in a five year relationship and I am not ready to, to get into a committed relationship right now. And I just want to enjoy myself and explore new people. Um, that is what some people would define as looking for a hookup. Yeah. Yet the intention behind that and the clarity and the integrity that I have in saying that, and by the way, that's not where I'm at right now, but I'm just giving an example. (laughs) Um, that's what we, that's what's most important to us and to our members that people can, uh, show up authentically about what they're looking for and who they are and uh, represent themselves authentically. So, um, that doesn't necessarily directly answer your question, I don't think, but, um, it gets at what's most important to us in our community. Uh, and you know, as long as people can have clear communication and then it allows, others who they're approaching to have make the choice of if, if that's something that they're up for or not. Yeah. Are th- and to, to answer your question a little bit more specifically, if there's people that are just blatantly um, acting in, in ways that go against our guidelines and in ways that cause members to feel unsafe um, or mistreated, then of course that is treated very differently from, um, you know, on the corporate side. That's not something that we stand for. Okay. Gotcha. I'm also curious since you brought up how the issues of a lot of apps now or other dating websites don't give you enough space to really put much in your profile. You know, how do you convey to somebody your personality that much just in a few words? What do you think are the most important things for somebody to put on their profile? That's a great question. Um, 
There's a few things that I think are super important. Um, one of the things that people tend to do is talk all about themselves. This is me. This is why I'm so great. This is what I've done. This is, this is what I've accumulated. This is my job. Um, you know, look at why I'm so fabulous. And it's, I get it. Like that's (laughs) natural, right? It's human nature to want to put your best foot forward and, and, you know, like the peacock feathers, right? Like show why you're so fabulous. Um, but it actually doesn't work in attracting the person that you want to attract. So I, you know, I'm all for like showing off your best self, right? Um, but you got to balance that out. And one of the things that, um, we always tell, we have, we have like thousands of articles, by the way, on how to date more mindfully and with intention. And um, there's a number of articles on writing a great profile. And one of the pieces that always shows up in there um, that I am fully behind is to describe what your shared vision for the future looks like with your partner. You know, what, what does life look like with this person that you want to spend time with? you know, where are you going? What are you doing for each other? How are you supporting one another? What adventures are you going on and get specific? Um, because it's very different. Somebody who wants to, you know, work all some or work, work all winter in a ski resort together and then go sail around the world for six months every, every summer. Um, that is an amazing vision and future for the right two people. But if you tell one of those people that your vision is to, you know, have a kid in three years and buy a home in the suburbs and work 40 hours a week for a corporation, they're probably not going to want to do that. So if you can put that up front and share what your vision is for the future, that does so much for attracting the right person into your field. And then the other thing I would suggest on profiles 100% is what is your vision for how your partner shows up and who they are? Um, what, what are you looking for? You know, are you looking for somebody who's ambitious? Are you looking for somebody who, um, loves to get into the outdoors and, and, um, you know, go on the back roads and, and get really, you know, super into camping and climbing or something like that. Um, really describe who it is you're looking for in a way where the person, the right person who's reading it goes, Oh, that's me. And the person who's reading it, that that's not them goes, huh, that's not me. I guess this isn't a match. So it's a really good shortcut to weeding out those who don't fit what you're looking for and a wonderful way to attract in those who you are. And you may have missed out on, you know, causing that effect in somebody if all they're reading is look at me and why I'm so fabulous. Yeah, definitely. I think those are great tips. What about choosing a photo? Do you have any tips? I have (laughs) the, the most, the thing that bothers me the most is when people will, and guys do this a lot. Sorry guys, but they'll like choose a photo of them in a, in, on, on top of a mountain snowboarding. With yeah. Why do they all do that? Why do they all do that? I actually like sometimes just for fun, I'll try to count as many people as possible that <laughs> have all, only photos where you cannot see their eyes. Like I don't trust that at all. I can't see you, yeah. you know, and your eyes, like I really believe are the seat of the seat of our soul. And if you can't like connect to that, 
it's it's over before it even started. Um, so first and foremost, show your eyes, have a clear picture of your face and only your face in your primary photo. Um, I think that's really important. And and have it be recent, of course, right? That's like a given. Um, and then one of the things I see that is really confusing for people is when people, when somebody posts a photo of them with a bunch of friends and like it's the second photo or most of their photos have a bunch of people in them, like it's okay if it's just one and you can clearly pick them out of the crowd. But otherwise, it's just a crowd of people and someone who's looking at your profile has no clue which one you are because they haven't met you in person. They haven't gotten to know you. They can't remember which face was yours in the previous photo. And even worse is when it's a crowd of people and you're wearing sunglasses. Yeah, true. <laughs> so, so I mean, I just – I for the photos, I really urge people to, if you have, let's say five photos that you're putting up, have three of them at least be extremely clear, um, close up shots of your face. So someone can trust that they're going to know what you look like when you guys meet up in person, you know, God forbid, like you are hiding what you truly look like for one reason or another. And then of course with, with other photos, I mean, with the one or two photos, I think it's so wonderful to, um, you know, show a picture that showcases what you are all about. And, you know, one example of this for me, it's a picture that, um, I don't really use anymore, but I used to, um, it was from seven years ago. So that's also like not really genuine anymore. Right. Um, but I had this photo of me doing the splits on a yoga mat in the middle of a street in New York city with the New York city taxi cabs right behind me. And it's during a hurricane that oh my God. <laughs> was going through New York city and all the streets were completely empty. And it was such a cool opportunity just to like take a photo. Like who can do that in New yeah. York? The streets are usually packed. Um, I love that photo and it's a, you know, you can see my face, you can see my body, you can see New York and it's just got a lot of character to it. Um, and I, I think that that's always fun to throw in one or two of those. Um, of course, whatever fits for the person don't have to reenact that one. Um, and if you do, please be careful. Cause I think I pulled a hamstring doing that five oh, or seven years. Worth um, it. Worth it. Worth it. Right. Got the shot. Yeah. Um, but one thing I will say just to close up on that question, um, definitely at least one full body shot because people, Again, like it's, it's like a matter of how can you build trust when you're looking at somebody's profile? If I can't see your whole body, if I can't see your eyes, if I see only pictures of you with a bunch of people, I don't know if I can trust you like just in my gut intuitively um, because for some reason you haven't chosen to give me a clear look at who you are. Yeah. No, that would totally make sense. So I think that something that a lot of people also have trouble with is what to do initially after they match with somebody, I guess. So they don't know what to say to somebody in a first message. Do you have any tips? Yeah, that's tough part, right? They're like, oh my God, it just happened. Now yeah. I need something, right? It's so scary because I think one of the things is, especially with like, you know, most of the dating apps that we see out there, they force you to swipe left or right and that's it. I mean, Mindful doesn't do that, by the way. Um, but so when you match with somebody, a lot of people, you know, there's been studies done on this to show that a lot of people will just swipe right 
just to in you know boost their ego. And the more matches they get, the more, you know, kind of like crack their, their ego or their confidence gets and, and it's addictive, but then you're like faced with the reality of, Oh my God, somebody and I actually just matched. Now I have to do something. (laughs) So it can be a little bit of a scary moment for somebody. Um, so, you know, I, I absolutely am a huge fan of in your first message, making sure that you let somebody know what it is about their profile that attracted you to them. Be specific, you know, Um, if I receive something that say, that says, you know, you look so fun and you're beautiful. What are you doing tonight? Like I, again, my, my trust, my mistrust flag goes up because I'm like, Oh, you just think I'm hot? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well maybe I don't want to reply now. Um, so absolutely indicating that you've checked out somebody's profile, that you genuinely find a connection point with them, mention that, be specific, and then have a follow-up as to why you have, you know, why that attracted you and what you have in common with them on that front. You know, like one of the things I I had in my profile, um, I'm not dating at the moment. Well, I'm not online dating right now because I'm dating somebody at the moment. Um, But one of the things that I have in there is that I, um, I say I'm a landmarker, which landmark is a education program that, um, it's a personal growth and development education program. And it's kind of like a underground thing. So if you know about landmark and you can discern what, you know, a landmarker even means, cause people rarely say that, but I just have it in my profile. Cause I think it's, it's, it's like one long string of things that I love. And I include that, um, when guys write me or what used to write me and say, Oh, I went to landmark or, or they'll like kind of do an underground joke with me about it. Like, I love that because that shows that they know what I'm talking about. They also have done it themselves. And so they, to me, that signifies that they're into personal growth and development, which is really important to me. And, you know, it's a jump off point to talk about stuff. Um, and so I think that's a great way to lead in the first message. Uh, and also, you know, always end with a question early on when you're messaging with somebody because it invites, it invites a, uh, engaging conversation rather than something that just kind of falls flat. Yeah. What's your opinion on who should sort of make the first move in, in terms of who should be the first to message and who should be the first to ask to meet up? I'm actually a fan of throwing all the rules out the window. Yeah, you're my kind of girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, it's 2018 now, right? And I'm, listen, I totally love the fact that men are hunters and, you know, they have that hunting mentality and women have that gatherer mentality. Like, I don't think that's ever going to leave our, um, the way that we're made up as human beings. It's just, that's, that's a fact. Like there's a lot of things that play out in relationships. When you look at the dynamics between men and women, uh, that play into the, just the evolution of human beings and men and women on this planet. So I'm not going to discount that. That said, I mean, I'm also a huge fan of manifesting and going after what you want. And if you know that you want something and you know that you have the power to influence that happening, go for it. Don't just sit there. I mean, if we just sat there, 
and waited for everything to happen to us, I don't think much would happen in our lives. And I don't think that that stops at dating. And so if, if there's something that you feel called to do, I say, go do it. Like one of my biggest tenants that I live by is if I feel the desire to do something and it could be as simple as I'm walking past a bunch of flowers and I want to touch them and smell them. And if I've learned and committed to that inner voice in my, in my body, in my, in my heart to follow my desires and stop and it's cliche, but stop and smell the roses, right? Because something in my body was like, Ooh, that'd be fun. I want to touch that. I want to smell that. I wonder if it smells good. It would make, it would make me happy. Let's do it. Like that's what goes on inside me. And so I don't think it's any different for when it comes to dating and attracting a mate. Um, so for somebody who's really feeling a true like call, right? A true hell yeah to doing something, go for it. Um, and know that there's a polarity that is a beautiful thing to maintain. And so, you know, don't like maintain your own sense of self. So you're not constantly throwing yourself at somebody. I mean, that is the extreme, um, of, of always going after what you want and not waiting for it. Um, but I'd certainly say throw the rules out the window. Yeah. I love that you said that it honestly really bothers me that, a lot of the apps and websites have these restrictions on who can message who first. I, I just don't understand that, honestly, but that maybe that's just me. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask was what you think is a good first, like what should people do the first time you meet up with somebody? I love this question. So... Why I love this question is because it, sorry, I just kicked something Um, because it shows that there's an opportunity to do something different from what people always do. And there's a lot of research around this. So this actually reminds me, my very first company before I started Meet Mindful was an events company called Yoga Dates. And we did yoga events for singles. And I used to do these partner yoga speed dating events where we would do a yoga, uh, excuse me, we would do a speed dating format, but have people do one partner yoga pose with each person. And I saw something in that that was like mind blowing to me. I know what it's like to be in a first date when you're sitting across from a table from somebody and it feels like an interview, right? Yeah. It feels like an interview and you're like, oh my God, I'm like, what are they thinking? Like, I can't move. I'm just shifting. And now it's my turn to ask a question. And like, that's awkward. Um, (laughs) What was so fun about yoga dates was I saw people doing something novel, like something new, right? That they'd never done before in a positive environment. And what the neuroscience studies show is that when people are doing something new where they have to learn and their brain is actually creating new synapses and mind you, I'm not a neuro anything. (laughs) So uh, take all of this with a grain of salt. But uh, what I do know for certain is that this is the general uh, dynamic of how this works. When the brain is creating new synapses because it's learning something new and it's in a positive environment, i.e., you know, good things are happening, right? I have like happy, happy hormones running through me. Um, magic happens. And 
people show up in extremely confident and beautiful ways. And it shows there's like an inner glow that comes out and they're way more comfortable showing up as, as their authentic self and they're not putting on a front. And that was one of the most beautiful things about yoga dates was witnessing that. And I mean, people are like sweating and they're wearing like gym clothes and you know, some of the guys like aren't even flexible enough to do some of the postures. None of that even mattered. Like the stuff that someone would generally be worried about, quote unquote, was not even an issue. And um, so this is what I think is great to keep in mind when you're thinking about first dates. Um, You know, drinks or I don't think dinner is a good idea for first date ever. Um, But drinks can be kind of interviewee feeling. But what if you like grab a cocktail and then go play pool? Or what if you meet and go to, for example, I, um, my first date with the guy that I'm seeing now, um, we went to, it was uh, holiday time and we went to, um, the Denver Botanic Gardens and saw the big lights display, the holiday lights display, which involves walking around, um, this big, beautiful, like, you know, botanic gardens and seeing all these like fun and interesting things to look at and point out and joke about. Um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff to interact with. Right. And so suddenly it wasn't just us two staring at each other from across the table, but it's us interacting with the world and getting to see how each of us show up in the world, um, and how we can play with the world together. Right. Um, so, I think anything interactive and something where you're moving your body is so much more fun and you're going to end up with, even if it's not like a great match, you're going to end up having had a pretty good date. And if it's a great, if it's a great match, you're going to end up having a fantastic date. Yeah, I agree. I think also doing something like you mentioned is great because there's always something to be commenting on around you. So there's not that pressure. You won't run out of conversation. You know, if you get nervous, you can just talk about what's going on around you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You. Like, wouldn't it be fun to go to, I've never done this, but um, wouldn't it be fun to go like go-kart riding and then yes. like, like play like bill, uh, not billiards, but uh, you know, where they have like the, you know, shoot the basketball and win the points or like, like um, yeah. I'm not a car. But one of those places that has like, like a Chuck E. Cheese, yeah. but for adults. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like mini golf, all those games and stuff. Yeah, mini golf. Like that's great. And you're right. Like even if it's not the, even if the conversation gets a little bit awkward, like there's always something to comment on or, or do. Exactly. I love that. I'm curious, the guy that you're dating now, did you meet him on Me Mindful? I did not. No, I met him through a friend. Oh, nice. Okay, well. I want to talk a little bit more about how and why you started this. So where did the inspiration for Meet Mindful come from? How did it begin? Mm-hmm. So I really believe that – I don't know if you've read um, Elizabeth Gilbert's new book, Big Magic. Have it's you heard of that? It's my all-time favorite book. Oh, my God. So you're going to know exactly. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, so you know how she says that ideas have a soul, mm-hmm. right? And that they they jump from human being to human being until somebody takes it on. Mm-hmm. So that's what I feel like happened with Me Mindful. I was doing the Yoga Dates events, which I already described. Um, and I had been previously, um, before starting Yoga Dates, I had been working in 
a number of different startups. And then I was in a tech startup for five years in New York city. And I helped build that from, you know, zero, um, and got, got it. We were a leader, leader in our industry in the mobile marketing industry. And so I knew firsthand how, um, how impactful a, a digital product could be for people. Um, and I knew that I had some of what it took to do that. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. And then I was doing these events and I saw a few things happen that led me to be like, this, this thing needs, you know, this meet mindful idea needs to happen next. Um, first people were coming to the events um, and they were telling me all about their, you know, dating woes and their online dating stories and, and complaining about it and just saying, you know, this is really the first time at your events that I've been able to be surrounded by so many like-minded people. This is so hard to find, you know, and meet up. It's weird. And like, not everyone shows up and, and, you know, you don't know if someone's single or not. And in on the, the match.com or OkCupid or like Tinder was just getting started back then. Um, people would complain that it was so hard to sift through and find someone who had a similar lifestyle and values because it's not like a religion. Right. Yeah. And you can't sift, you can't sort through for lifestyle and value and mindset. It's just like, you can't search for that. Um, and so people would complain to me about it and then say, you know, thank you so much for doing this. Like I've met so many great people here. Can you do this once a week? And I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this once a week. That would be so much work. It was a lot of work to put together these these events. And so that was one thing that happened. The second thing that happened was that people were coming um, who didn't do yoga. And that was really interesting to me. They would call and they would say, hey, you know, I don't do yoga, but I'm a Buddhist. And I think these, you know, I'd, I'd love to meet the people that are coming to your events. I think I'd have a lot in common with them. Can I come? Or, you know, I'm really into Tai Chi, like that's not yoga, but I mean, it's kind of like it. And I think that like my lifestyle would really line up with the folks that you're bringing into your events. Can I come? And that happened over and over. And I finally, it makes so much sense now to me, but in the moment I was like, what, you want to go do yoga and you've never done it before and you want to do it at a singles event? Like that is ballsy. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, and and that was when it really started to click for me that it wasn't about the yoga at all. It was about the, um, the mindset and the value set of the people who were coming in. And I started to look at that, that the size of that market and how quickly it's growing. And, you know, the fact that there was really nothing out there in the dating and, you know, even social networking space for that group. And that's ultimately what led me to start Meet Mindful. It was like, I couldn't say no. Yeah. It shows me. When did you start online dating? Like personally? Ever. Yeah. Okay. I was living in New York. I had broken up with my um, boyfriend of five years who I met in at the end of college. Um, I was finally ready to start dating again, probably, you know, almost a year later. And I this is two thousand 2010 or 2011 mm -hmm. and I got on match.com and I was terrified. <laughs> it was so scary. You know, I was like 27 years old Yeah, and, um, and I had all these like old men messaging me and then, and then I made the cardinal mistake of, of going out to dinner before ever really talking to somebody. And I was stuck in this like two hour dinner 
and I didn't know how to go. Wait, I mean, tell it, me, tell me what <laughs> happened. I need to know. Okay, I had this really funny. He, I mean, he's a nice guy. Like, <laughs> not like something's wrong with him, yeah. you know. But he was just like utterly boring. And I remember sitting there being like, "Oh God, I can't exit." And I was so green to all this stuff. I had never dated because I met my long-term boyfriend in college. Yeah. You know, and you don't date in college. Um, and so this is my first time doing this and I'm sitting in this dinner and I had this moment and Christina, it was so funny. I, I said, so what do you do for, like for work? And about 10 minutes later, he was still talking and oh, he, it was some God. sort of com- computer science thing. And like now I have a deeper appreciation for that. But he, but back then I had no clue what he was even talking about. And he just kept talking and I started I started laughing. Oh my God. Because I finally, I realized how funny it was Yeah, (laughs) that he just was babbling and I, and I didn't get it and I just was not listening. And so I just started laughing really hard. What did he do? He was like, what? I was like, I'm so sorry. I just, I don't even know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I, oh my God, I'll never forget that. Um, How did that end? Like what did he, (laughs) so I actually, I, I know how it ended. It was really awkward. Um, it, there was like a snowstorm. And so it was literally like, like a, um, like a blizzard. And we had met at this restaurant on the Upper West Side. And I remember like trudging through the snow with this guy and he didn't live very far from where I lived, which was also in the Upper West Side. And so he was like, do you want to come over to my place? And I was like, sure. And I went over to his place and we're standing on his balcony in the snow. And I was like, it is so cold out here. I don't remember why we were on his balcony, but, um, but at that point I was like, I'm going to go. And he was so nice. He was like, Oh, but do you want to come back for breakfast tomorrow? I can make us breakfast. And I was like, no, that's okay. And it was my first time having to like learn how to tell somebody that I wasn't, you know, that, you know, I didn't want to meet them again. And I just remember feeling really young and awkward about the whole thing. And, um, it's a funny, funny memory. <laughs> oh, um, so I did. So I did that a little bit in New York, and then when I uh, moved to Denver, I um, started dating a little bit more online. Um, but I had my own personal experiences and, and issues, right, that I wanted to solve for myself too. It wasn't just from my um, from seeing other people complain about it. I had definite my own pain points for sure. Yeah, well, since you just brought that up, what what do you think is the best way to tell somebody you don't want to see them again? That is a fabulous question. <laughs> Listen, I think I there's 7 billion people on this planet, right? I believe that there are multiple soulmates out there for us. And um, I certainly believe that there's at least one person for everybody, if not thousands. And, um, and so with that in mind... You know, I don't ever look at somebody and say like, you're bad or you're wrong or like something's wrong with you or whatever. To me, it's just like, oh, like the key doesn't fit the lock. Like you're not my person. Um, I certainly wouldn't say that in those words, Um, (laughs) but how I think about it. And, um, and so what, I think the first step in this is like I said earlier, becoming really clear about what you want and what you don't want and what's really important to you. And what are the things that you're not willing to budge on and what really, um, what your shared future could look like because you become much more discerning and who you even like pick 
to even consider dating. Um, and, and once you've done that, if you do end up in a situation where you went out with somebody once or twice or three times or whatever, and you decide it's not right, you know, some of the, what I love to do is just say, Hey, you know, I had, I had a nice time with you and you're a really good guy. Um, I, I'm, what, how, what do I usually say? <laughs> um, hold on. No, cause there's something I actually, um, I can tell you're, you know, I know that you're not my person and I'm looking to, to find my, my guy. Um, so I wish you the best of luck with everything. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Or no, there's another, there's, I'm trying to remember, there's another phrase I've used before that I felt really good about. Um, and, um, it's escaping me right now, but something to the effect of, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to choose not to, to go out with you again. That said, I really wish you the best of luck. Um, and that's it. And I advise that people don't give reasons because every time you give somebody a reason, it opens the door for them to argue and try to change your mind. Yeah. Um, so that's another thing I think is really important. What's the worst date you've ever been on? <sighs> um, Don't worry, he won't hear this. The worst date I've ever been on. Well, the one I just described was pretty like funny, like yeah. funny. Um, was he much older than you? No, I don't okay. think so. He he just wasn't my guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. I've been blessed with some pretty good dates. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, Maybe you just know how to pick them. I don't have any horror. I don't have any horror stories, thankfully. That's good. Well, okay. So you had been dating. Oh, actually, I have something that I'll I'll share. Yeah. When I was, um, when I was like really actively dating, um, when I first moved here, it's probably like a year after I moved to Denver. I've been here for about six years. Um, I ended up having a week where I had a seven dates in seven days and I didn't plan it. It just happened. And then I was like, Oh, well that's funny. Seven dates in seven days. And I wrote a blog post about it. And, um, if you search seven dates in seven days, uh, yoga dates, you can find it online. Um, and in that blog post, what I did is I wrote something that I got something positive that I got from every single one of the men that I met with. And I didn't want to bash anyone. And I didn't want to make it a negative thing at all. Um, and I just wanted to appreciate at least one thing about each of them. And it was a really cool practice because what I realized is that everybody has something to teach us. Everybody. And um, I would urge people to start looking at things that way. Yeah. No, I love that. I think you could definitely learn something from everybody in front of you. That's for sure. I'm curious. So why did you turn to you said match.com initially after you had broken up with your boyfriend and you're ready to date. Why did you turn to online dating? That's a good question. I think I was just curious. It wasn't ubiquitous back then. It, you know, this was, well, you said that you're in your early twenties. I mean, you were like in junior high mm-hmm. at this point. So you probably don't remember cause you weren't like in that, um, mindset, yeah. but it was just, it was, it had a stigma around it still. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling curious about how I could meet more of the 8 million people who lived in Manhattan. Um, and 
you know, I had a job, I had a set group of friends and, and it just seemed like something I, I was willing to try. Mm-hmm. Were you nervous? I'm sure I was. I mean, <laughs> this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I also think like a little bit of nerves is a good thing. I think that I was just talking to somebody earlier today, um, who's going to start a company and, uh, he said, I'm terrified. And I said, good. If you weren't, it's not worth doing. And I think the same thing on a smaller scale. I mean, being terrified about starting online dating is a little bit extreme, but like, <laughs> yeah. I think it's, if, if there's something that you're nervous about, it means that there's something, you know, of value that you're, that you're either looking for or afraid to lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can be more invested in it if you have that, um, if you have that healthy amount of fear, right. Um, it pushes, it can push people to, to be a little bit more audacious and courageous. Yeah. You know, there are some arguments from some people that online dating is sort of taking away from people's social skills and it makes it so that, you know, they don't have to go out in quote the real world and find people and put themselves out there in person what do you think about that? You know, I'm not sure if it's just online dating that's the culprit. Uh, my my sense is that that is a more macro issue that we're dealing with um, because of what's going on in technology and social networking today, um, and that people are living essentially on their social feeds. And I think it's starting to rewire our brains a little bit and teach us different behaviors that are then seeping into other areas of our lives, including dating. Um, that That's where I think the real, um, I think that's where the problem stems from. And the fact that with the mainstream dating services out there, have a seemingly unending list of people for you to sift through. And it begins, I think, to create this feeling of, um, you know, everybody's disposable. Yeah. And you're looking for quantity over quality. And that, I think, is really unfortunate. And I think it's something that the dating industry as a whole could take on as a challenge to to improve upon. Um, because, you know, we are all humans, we are all human beings with fears and desires and hearts and souls and, and lots of love to give. And if we start, if we're taught that the way that we start to discover new humans is by dismissing people left and right and making judgments just on the way somebody looks, you know, that's unfortunate. And that, that behavior brews other types of behavior in terms of how you interact with somebody. So, um, you know, I think that's, it's exactly one of the reasons why Meet Mindful exists, right? Is because we want to focus on quality over quantity and we want to showcase the whole human being, not just the photo. And we want to remind people why we're here and that we're all, you know, full human beings here and to be treated as such. Yeah, I love that. And I'm curious, are there any specific practices or limitations you put on yourself in terms of 
social media, internet use, like to make sure you don't fall into that trap where it just turns into just more, more, more from the internet? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I'm certainly not perfect at this by any means. Um, I, I'll just, some of the things that I do, um, I, I'm on Facebook. I used to post a lot and I, you know, a lot of people, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Christina have that, you know, when you like walk, whatever, you're doing something in your life and that thing goes into your head. That's like post on Facebook, post on Instagram, like yeah. gotta share this, gotta share this, that behavior. I, I started noticing it, um, in my body and it freaked me out. Cause I was like, Oh, I now have a automatic, an automatic reaction that says when something good is happening in my life, I have to share it to a social media site. Mm. Like I don't want that. So I consciously cut out that behavior and I, I, I only post like when something feels important or big or just like, and, and I, and I really consider it before I do it. Um, it's not this automate automated behavior anymore. Um, so that's something that I, I really cut back on. Um, I deleted Facebook from my phone, uh, for about a month. Um, that also helped me in how often I go back on. Um, and I didn't delete my account. I just deleted the app. So I would have to go through my computer only like once a day or something. Um, other thing is I don't actually use any other social networks. And also I'm 35. So like I, I didn't grow up on Instagram and yeah. um, when Instagram became like really popular, I, and I feel like embarrassed to admit this because I know everybody's on Instagram and no. I, and I you know, my company like uses Instagram a lot. And I just, um, I feel a lot of anxiety when I think about two social networks let alone one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm on Instagram. I just don't use it ever. And it, it does that same thing to me where I'm like, must post, must engage, must like dive in. And then, and it just, it doesn't feel good in my body. And so I just try to eliminate it altogether. Um, I do feel like I miss out on things because I'm, I'm not highly engaged, but, um, I also, you know, I'm really big on what my highest priorities are and what I, get to say no to. Um, and in terms of other technology practices, um, I don't let email or anything push to my phone except my text messages. Um, everything else I have to go see and check the app in order to see if there's notifications, which I made that switch a long time ago and it is so much better. I also don't have my text messages show up on my phone. Um, so I can read them until I open them which again, it's really helpful because the moment you start to see an email or a text or whatever, your brain now has cataloged that and won't stop thinking about it until you check it. And that's like, I don't want that in my brain. Like I want to have space be cleared, not cluttered. Um, and so that's another thing that I do. And then, um, I don't keep my phone next to my bed at night. I put it across the room and the only reason I even keep it in my room is because I still don't have a normal alarm clock. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I put my phone on silent and, um, you know, keep it across the room for, to be my alarm clock and that's it. Uh, those are the main things. Yeah, those are great. I'm also curious, do you have, I mean, as a CEO, your job never ends. Do you turn off? Do you have like working hours? Or are you the type of person who just kind of always working? 
Uh, I used to be. And it was not sustainable. Um, and one of the things that's really important to me is to, you know, practice what I preach. And I'm, again, not perfect at it and never will be. But um, I, I try to turn off, um, you know, I stay at the office until I leave. Well, that, of course, I, that's <laughs> the <obvious> statement. <laughs> I stay at the office until I, you know, I get the things done I need to get done. Um, and I generally try to turn off after that. Um, you know, I'm in my fifth year of building this company and I would not be able to continue at the the speed and, um, with the passion that I have if I wasn't be what, if I wasn't balanced and living my life. Um, and so that's really important to me. That said, I still check in, um, and I still get, if I need to do something late, I'll do it late, um, at night, you know, but yeah. it, it's, it's few and far between these days. Um, and I've also, the reason I'm able to do that is I am really committed to making sure that we pay a lot of attention to strategic planning and do it properly and prioritize what needs to get prioritized. So we're not, one of our tenants over here at Meet Mindful is um, make prioritize progress over motion. So we, we really care about making progress and achieving our goals that we set out. We don't care too much about doing a whole lot of stuff and all the doing and all the busy work and all the extra hours if it's just a bunch of motion. Um, and so that's something that's really important to me and our entire team. And um, so the reason I feel comfortable with shutting off, you know, when I leave, when I leave the office at whatever time I leave, like generally shutting off, um, is for that reason, you know, I can trust that I got the most important things done that day. Yeah. I think that you're lucky that you didn't grow up with Instagram. (laughs) I know. How do you do it? Um, I mean, I mean, I ask all these questions selfishly because I'm trying to learn from those wiser than me. I mean, I feel it like how, what you're saying in my body, I feel stressed when I look at my phone and I have 50 emails and 50 texts and 500 messages and all these comments and it's it never stops so I feel like my brain can never stop and just knowing even if I'm not taking the time to go check those things just knowing that they're there to be checked switches something in my brain and I can't be productive yeah did you ever read four hour work week I yeah I have so remember how he talks about batching email and the reason he says to batch email is for ex- the same reason we're talking about mm-hmm. right now. Exactly. And it gets, yeah. it gets tough now that there's so many different platforms because, yeah, emails, I can get sucked in accidentally for hours. But, you know, if it's not emails, it's turned into texts and Instagram messages and Facebook messages. And it's also, I think, very complicated in today's world where especially my generation the way we do work it's not for example my I have clients for because I'm a health coach who you know they'll email me but then I won't respond quickly enough so then they message me on Instagram but then they text me but then they'll call me and there's no boundaries there's no work versus private time boundaries and that goes for a lot of different professions. I think in our generation, we don't see the boundaries of what's work in regular life. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, it, if everybody 
is accepting that as a status quo, then that's what's going to be. It just, it, it does worry me. And I think that the world needs people like you taking a stand for doing it differently. Um, because it's voices of people who actively want to, and are doing things differently and publicizing that to inspire others to see a different way. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely worried about how all of this technology and social media use is affecting my generation and that younger than me. I mean, for me, I didn't even grow up with Instagram. Instagram became popular when I was a senior in high school, probably. So more college, but I look at people right now who are 10 and living on Instagram. And I just, I think if I'm the way I feeling now, I'm scared about what happens when, when that young woman I'm seeing hits the workforce in 10 years. Yeah. Well, you know, when I was growing up, the only thing that we had that was, um, so let me just backtrack my thought for a second. The reason I think that this is dangerous is because, um, on social media, people can filter everything Mm -hmm. that they're putting up. Right. And so you're always getting a filtered version of somebody's life. And so everything always looks better right Mm -hmm. now. The analog version of that is when I was growing up, the only time we saw things like that was on magazine covers and in magazines on TV and on in movies. And those are, those were our only glimpses into, you know, filtered, um, not, not real life kind of perfection. Mm -hmm. Right. But that was like, how many times do you look at Instagram compared to how many times did my 20 year old self see a magazine or a TV ad or like a TV show or a movie? Like it's exponential. Yeah. Right. And that's what scares me is, is that before, like we just had famous people that were like, Oh, why can't I be as pretty as Angelina Jolie or whatever? And now it's like, why aren't I as, as cool and beautiful and awesome as everybody else on my feed, mm-hmm. which sucks, dude. It sucks. Yeah. No, it's, but hopefully yeah. we, we can be part of the force that changes that. Right. I hope so. It's just, I mean, it's definitely hard, and I think the first thing is people need to realize the effects that this is having on them because I think a lot of people are in denial, and like you said, it's just a status quo, so people are just used to it at this point and not thinking about it. Or it's, I mean, we all, well, I don't know if you experience this. I experience this all the time. I'll try and go out with friends, and I'm trying to talk to them, and they're just on their phone, and I get upset. I go, can you look at me? Can you pay attention to me? Because we've gotten so used to just living on the phone. And I think that's also with the online dating. I know a lot of friends who are really into online dating, but they don't actually meet up with people. You know, it goes back to what you're saying, these apps with just the swiping. It's just this instant gratification, these ego boosts, these hits of dopamine in their brain, you know, for a second. And they they don't actually want to meet up with somebody. They just want to swipe. Yeah. I hear you. Well, hopefully Me Mindful can be part of the force that changes that. Yeah, definitely. I think also, I hope that, I mean, I'm sure what your personal experience, dating changes as you get older, right? It's different. It does. So, but I'm worried that it's, I hope that that continues to be the pattern as opposed to just, you know, right now I have friends who are in college just online dating to swipe and then they get older and they're still just online dating to swipe. And I worry that because we grew up in this generation that it's ne- the pattern is never going to change where they hit the point where they say, okay, now I'm actually ready to do this for real. 
yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. It was really great talking to you. And I think that a lot of my listeners will gain a lot of wisdom from you. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for the questions. I mean, I really, I can care, I can tell that you care deeply about, um, about all the stuff that we talked about and, and especially making, you know, a change and what's happening with, um, technology and social media. And and I I have a feeling that you're going to be a great voice for that, um, in the future now and in the future. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I know. And I love what you're doing with the app and all the work you're doing. So this is what we, this world needs. We need people to make it realistic for this day and age. So people who want to try out Mean Mindful or if they want to connect with you, how can they do that? Yeah. So, um, Meet Mindful is available on, uh, in the app store, in the Android play, Google play store and, uh, online at meetmindful.com. Um, you can find us on all the social networks at Meet Mindful and, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can provide a great experience for people and, uh, and show them a different way. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much again. And it was such a pleasure chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks, Christina. Bye. Amazing. I hope you guys enjoyed that chat with Amy. She's amazing and I just love what she's doing. So definitely check out Meet Mindful if you are interested in finding some like-minded individuals to date. Who knows, maybe you will meet the man or woman of your dreams on this app. It can happen. Don't go on The Bachelor, you guys, unless you just want to sell tea toxes for the rest of your life. But seriously, Huge thanks to Amy for coming on the show. It was a pleasure chatting with her. Thank you to you for listening in. If you enjoyed it and want to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would mean the world to me. If you want to submit a question or a topic or a guest idea, feel free to send that in at actuallyadultish at gmail.com or on the website actuallyadultish.com. And that's all I have for you this week. I'll talk to you again next Monday. Bye.